Yo, what is going on, everyone? What is cooking? This is scriptwriter Steve, and you reach my podcast, Barbecue to Movies. Today is June 6th, 2021. That's the Sunday. And guess what? It's currently 4.37 a.m. in the morning. Yeah, it's really early. I'm up late. I'm not up early. <laughs> All right, I'm going to turn this music down. Huh, wait a minute. Maybe I'll let it play a little bit longer. It sounds pretty fun. I'm in a good mood today. You know, Dr. Fauci, even though how stupid he is, how evil he is, he still hasn't got it to me. He's not going to bring my day down. I had a great day today. So anyway, I'm going to turn this music down. I had enough of that nice, good old music here. Yeah, I came home from a party after work. Uh, my friend of mine, he invited me to a nice little family party there. And I uh, kind of came in as the second wheel, uh, as a guest by, I guess, uh, the plus one, <laughs> in, in, in a way. And, uh, you know, got to meet some new personalities out there and uh, just really, really good people. I love meeting new people. And I got to, you know, show them what I do, talk about what I do. Met some really great business people there. And, uh, and a businesswoman there, she's a grandmother. And she's so talented. She's a Kirby vacuum salesman, and she's the number one uh, Kirby vacuum sa- uh, vacuum salesperson uh, in Hawaii. And she basically runs the whole franchise in Hawaii. And uh, I tell you what, you know, she was telling me about these vacuum cleaners. They sound pretty good. Maybe I'll pick up one. I don't know, but I think my vacuum, I think my uh, my carpets do need to be deep cleansed. Uh, you know, I let my guinea pig run around there. I let, you know, cats run around there before. You know, I had two cats before. They passed away. I have a guinea pig now, and I had another guinea pig before then. And, uh, you know, I think my cats cause more, um, I guess, uh, dirtiness. I guess, I guess that's the word, uh, to my carpets in my living room than my guinea pig. But you know what? I guess the only way to find out is to clean it, right? The only way to find out. So, uh, how was my day here? No, I did a wedding today. No, I did a vow renewal today. Really, really small. And I have tomorrow off. And then on Monday, I think I have, I may have two weddings. So I have a straight wedding. No, I have two gay weddings, actually. I have two same-sex weddings on that day. One over in Miley Beach Park and the other one over in Colina. So we'll see if I can book that second one, though, because that was a very last-minute um, inquiry. And uh, just to let you know, my company... I am conservative, by the way. I am a Republican, and I've been doing same-sex weddings way before they were actually legal, all right? So do I have a problem with same-sex couples? Absolutely not. Uh, You know, in fact, my preference, I hate to say this, I like to shoot, you know, pictures or do weddings of two men more than I like to do pictures of uh, two women, The reason? They're less picky. (laughs) They're really, really less picky. I mean, not to say that women are picky because there's a lot of women out there who are not picky about their photos. But you get two guys, you know, taking photos together. They're really, really, really not picky. They don't care about their poses. They don't really don't care about anything. And the trick is to get them to care, right? You know, all your straight, all my straight couples out there, they're always begging for their fiance or their future husband, just bear with it for about two hours, you know, just two hours, and they're dreading it. You know, most every straight guy out there, they dread taking pictures. And I'll tell you what, 
most every gay guy out there dreads taking pictures. You know, only the very few feminine guys love taking pictures of themselves. So anyway, with that being said, uh, let's go over to the topic for today, which is paranoia. Yeah, it's a big word. Paranoia. I think it's a fearful word because who wants to be labeled as paranoid, right? Do you want to be called paranoid? Are you paranoid? Am I paranoid? And I think that's a question we all have to ask ourselves, right? So I'm going to cut to break. I'm going to cut to that commercial break, right? Pay some bills. And then when I get back, let's start talking about paranoia. I want to get to the bottom of this. I want you to ask yourself, are you paranoid? Really, I do. And I want to ask myself, am I paranoid? Because during this lockdown, I think we've all gone a little crazy. Hey, what's going on, everyone? It's scriptwriter Steve with a shameless plug for my company, Dream Weddings Hawaii. So if you want to get married in Hawaii, if you want to get your vows renewed in Hawaii, and if you want some family pictures in Hawaii, make sure you check me out. So my website is dreamweddingshawaii.com. So that's dream, weddings with a S, Hawaii spelled out, dot com. Okay, everyone, I hope you're back from that commercial break with me. Got a really important topic I want to talk about. Yeah, that's paranoia. We're going to go deep into your psyche, deep into my psyche, because when I'm talking to you out there, I'm also talking to myself. Am I paranoid? Got to always ask a question about yourself. Are you thinking right? Are you in the right frame of mind? So what is paranoia? You have an idea? I'm sure you're saying, Steve, I'm not paranoid. Don't tell me I'm paranoid. I get offended. I'm going to go to my safe place. I'm going to go back to college. I'm going to go into my little corner where there's unicorns and mushrooms and marshmallows and puffy clouds. Because I don't want to hear it, Steve. I don't want to hear it. All right. I'm going to turn this music down. Or... Have you left me already? Did I offend all you little snowflakes out there? I remember when that term snowflakes, I could use that left and right, and the liberals would just get so triggered. They would tell me, how dare you call me a snowflake? You you know, the liberals are the most paranoid out of them all. Now, there's all different types of forms of paranoia, by the way. All different types. I'm not going to go down the list and describe every single type, but I'll get into it as we get along in this podcast. So the first question to ask you is, what is paranoia? And what what is it to actually be paranoid? Well, number one, paranoia is a type of fear, all right? Now, having a fear is not a bad thing. In fact, we are all defined by our fears. Like it or not, like it or not, we are defined by our fears. Now, for myself, I'll describe myself. I have a fear of being wrong. I have a fear of doing the wrong thing, you know, thinking the wrong thing. So, I am very critical of others. I'm very critical of myself. So, this also, this fear gives me a strength 
Because what does it make me do? It makes me a perfectionist. It makes me perform higher at a higher level than I should, than, than others, because I'm so critical of my work, right? I'm so critical of my photography, so critical of my screenwriting, so critical of my storytelling and my website and everything, right? I'm kind of in retentive in a way, right? And there's a lot of people who are basically very anal retentive who are my type of personality type, all right? Now, <laughs> this type of personality type, this fear can control me. So all of a sudden, I can become very argumentative. I can become very controlling because I want the world to live like me because in my mind, I am doing the right thing. And if you're not, if you're not doing the right thing, then we got a problem. So Batman, he is what you call an unhealthy version of this reformer type of personality, right? And as myself realizing these types of fears, where these fears can bring me, right? Where, and if I go into the paranoia state where I don't trust anyone, I trust that everyone's doing the wrong things, I could become very dark like Batman untrustworthy of society because everyone is just, you know, not doing the right thing, not operating correctly. So I can't get close to anyone. I have to live in a cocoon, live in my house because I just don't want to interact with anyone because they're not my people. And who is my people? Not many people. And that's where you can go. So my, my thing is that if I go paranoid, I have to check myself at the door and say, am I being too critical? Am I living too much in the box? Am, am I imagining all these different, you know, am I doing the imagineering that Disney likes to say, right? Imagineering in my brain and forcing myself to basically look at others and not trust them when I actually should, right? Does my criticalness give birth to my, myself being untrustworthy to others or themselves being untrustworthy to me? Am I creating this perfect storm? Now, this is a question we always have to ask ourselves. Always ask that to ask ourselves. I'm sorry, hold on. That's my Facebook thing going on. I'm going to put that on mute here, but I'm not going to stop recording. That's what happens when you do live podcasts, people. So everyone knows who has Facebook Messenger knows that's, <laughs> that's the Facebook notification thing, right? So I had my Facebook Messenger on my phone. It dinged. That's not your phone, by the way. That's mine. All right, so back to the podcast. So what else is there about paranoia? So like I told you, your fear is not actually a bad thing, right? So paranoia, it basically means when your fear takes an unhealthy control of your actions and your emotions, right? And you start thinking or imagineering uh, a lot of different like um, scenarios, which scenarios and solutions that are, why don't we say, detached from common sense? Why don't we say that, right? So, for example, if I had a, if I had a, a, a I guess, um, a, if I were scared of spiders, right, and, and say, man, and I am, I, I don't like spiders at all. And when I see the spiders, the first thing I want to do is just basically kill it. And I do, all right? I kill it. I say, man, this spider's in the house. It's dying. Right now, some may say that's a very unhealthy, you know, way to think about it, but I hate spiders. I don't want them in my house. They freak me out. Now, here's the other thing. If I had a par, if I were paranoid of spiders, 
Say, for example, the house were burning down and there was a spider at, at the exit and I had to cross the spider to actually get out of the house. But I'm so fearful of that spider that I would, that I would just let myself burn to death in my house. And that's what happens when you're paranoid. You let your fear take control of your life. What does common sense tell you? To hop over the spider and get out of the burning house, right? But this is what happens, right? You know, people have all of these different paranoias and they let them control, you know, their common sense. And all of a sudden, they don't have common sense. So on the right, we're talking about conservatives, there's some paranoia against the vaccines. There's, a, there's some paranoia against the government. There's some paranoia against, you know, doctors out there. And there's some paranoia about the, against the healthcare industry and also against Bill Gates. Now, you have to ask yourself, though, is, is some of this paranoia warranted? And the truth is, yes. But here's the other thing, too. When you write fiction, the greatest fiction you can ever write will always have sprinkles of the truth in there. So the question is, how much of it is the truth? And even though it includes sprinkles of the truth, is it still the truth? Are you letting yourself go paranoid? Are you, are you denying the vaccine because you have an unhealthy fear of it? Right? Basically, a, conspiracy, a, a conspiratorial fear of this. Have you been listening to the wrong people? And on the left, we also have it, right? And it's a different form of paranoia. You know, a lot of them have trust issues on the, left, on the other side too. They are, the, they are of the same type of personality on the right. On the right and left, they don't trust people, all right? Now, on the left, you actually see people not trusting the United States government in a different way. They're saying that, that the United States was built upon racism, that the cops are out to get minorities and blacks, that the government is not doing enough to level the playing field because big companies, rich people, and everyone out there, they're out to get them. Again, part of that is kind of sprinkled in the truth. There are rich people who are out to get them. There are some racist cops. There are bad people out there who are prejudiced against certain minorities out there, right? It's sprinkled with the truth. And those little sprinkles power their paranoia. Now, the question is, are you paranoid? What do you believe? What don't you believe? And I think this is a question we always have to ask ourselves. It's not just a Republican or Democrat thing right? This is something that we always have to investigate constantly. You know, for, for example, I love to, you know, I love to watch movies. I love to watch movies, right? But as a screenwriter, as a person who compulsively picks and critiques things, right, which makes me very good at my job at storytelling, because when you write a story, when you, when you write a fictional story, you have to nitpick all of the little loopholes and plot holes out of there. And you have to rewrite the story over and over again, trying to fill each hole to make this work of fiction not only seem entertaining, but also real. And it's a big job, by the way. But when you do this, when you watch other movies, you can see where these screenwriters, 
forgot to fill the holes. And there's so many more holes to fill because when you look at what's on the screen these days, these scripts are written on the set. So they're just littered with like, you know, plot holes and loopholes and every single type of hole, you know, even, even like potholes, not just plot holes, potholes, <laughs> you know, they're that big. They're that big. And uh, I mean, some of them are so big, you, you can drive a semi truck through and, um, you know, they're just not filled. And th the thing about it is that you yourself, when you take a look at a conspiracy theory or just say a theory, treat it like a movie. Look at all the plot holes. Look at all of the different types of, uh, you know, things that just don't make any sense. Now, right now I'm going to challenge you here. And I'm going to challenge myself here because to tell you the truth, I'm not sure if I'm going paranoid right now. I, I'm really not sure. Am I letting my, am I letting my mind screenwrite a little too much right now? Because here's the argument that I want to put out to you. And please, if I'm wrong, and I think I may be wrong, I'm hoping I'm wrong, but it feels, it really feels as though Dr. Fauci and the Democrat Party and, and China were kind of all working together in a way to get, to use COVID or even to create COVID to get Donald Trump out of office. Or it was maybe one of the tools that, that they actually had used. I would even say it feels like as though they created it for it, you know, to get Donald Trump out of office. Like it was the Trump card. Ironically, the Trump card to get Donald Trump out of office. Now, why do I say that? Now, why don't we start at the beginning, all right? We know for a fact that Hillary Clinton worked with the Russians to create a phony dossier so they she could use it to tarnish Donald Trump's reputation while he was running for office. Now, she, when she lost, the Democrats used that fake dossier as a way to spy on the Trump campaign and as a, and as a way to... Um, impeach Donald Trump. Unfortunately, for the Republic, I mean, for the Democrats, they couldn't find anything. And Donald Trump could not be impeached on all of the accusations that they had put forth. But this is how bad it was. They basically accused Donald Trump of working with the Russians when the Democrats actually worked with the Russians. And who was in on this? James Comey, the FBI, our intelligence agencies. Very high-level politicians, the Russians, right? Our government went that far to try to get Donald Trump out of office. And then right after that, they impeached him on a perfectly, on a perfectly good call with, uh, with the president of Ukraine. And then you had a very high-level officer lie under oath uh, you know, that, I think that was Lieutenant Colonel Vindman or something like that. Or is he a colonel? I'm not sure. But it was Vindman who basically, you know, used this perfectly good phone call with the translation to, to write a narrative that Donald Trump had pressured the, the Ukrainian president to dig up dirt on Joe Biden for the next, presiden for the next presidential election. Completely false. 
They tried to impeach him on that, or they did, and they failed. Right? They actually failed on that. Now then, right after that, since that failed, that's when COVID came out. Now, while before that happened, Dr. Fauci was working or had paid the NIH millions of dollars to take the bat coronavirus and to, and to have this bat coronavirus gain function, which means to gain, basically gain evolutionary function because viruses don't jump from animal to human and then like, like a snap like that, human to human. It takes a while. So for example, swine flu jumped from basically, you know, pig to human but it never jumped from human to human. In order for a virus to make that jump, it would take thousands and thousands of years. So eventually we may get a coronavirus like we did, I guess, you know, experience in 2020, but it would take modification, a genetic modification, and that's what gain of function did. It basically leapfrogged evolution 1,000 years, and Dr. Fauci paid EcoHealth, and EcoHealth paid the Wuhan lab where they were manipulating the coronavirus in China. And Dr. Fauci said that he believes before the end of the Trump um, administration's uh, first term that the, that the United States and the world would undergo a major pandemic. He predicted it. And when that pandemic hit, he started, you know, <laughs> panicking hoping that this, that this Wuhan virus uh, that he had helped manufacture would not be traced back to him. But even so, after that, he still decided that Trump was not, had to go. He did not like Trump whatsoever. And he used, and he basically, you know, <laughs> he basically helped the government lock down the entire nation to ruin our economy and to approve of these draconian measures, uh, even when it came to voting, he approved of that, of the massive melon, uh, I guess, uh, the massive melon ballots and all, and all of the draconian measures that there were, that these states were taking, these liberal states were taking to actually count votes, not only, not only about the lockdowns, but to count votes, which in the end shifted the wind toward Joe Biden in a very, fraudulent election in my in my opinion i mean if you take a look at it the mask had no science no the mask had no scientific evidence that uh, that it, that it was proven to be effective right no no effective no scientific evidence to prove that the masks were effective there was no scientific evidence to prove that the lockdowns were effective not at all in fact they're finding out that lockdowns now, that for the countries that did lock down, they're having real big problems opening it up. Even with a, a vaccine rollout, the virus had to spread asymptomatically. And when you have asymptomatic spread, that's just as good as the vaccine or even better. And that's why America, we don't need 70% of your population vaccinated because we already have built-in immunity. There's already 100, 100 million people out of the 300 million people who, in, in the United States who have had COVID, all right? So why do the people who have had, who were infected and recovered, right, 
Why do they need the vaccine for? It doesn't make any sense. But a lot of governors are still locking down. Here in Hawaii, we're still locking down. Now, again, I ask you this. Are we being paranoid by saying, did the Democrats and Fauci purposely crash our economy, you know, ruin America, ruin America, ruin the America that we know? Why don't we just say that, right? Ruin everything, you know, all the freedoms that we have taken away with a, basically with a stroke of a pen because an, under an emergency lockdown, they could basically write, say anything and inform, make any law through a mandate without passing it through Congress. You know, a mask mandate. All of a sudden, governors would, would you know, with a strike of a pen, with a stroke of a pen, pass these mask mandates, right? And with no scientific evidence at all, and make them law when they never pass through, you know, any type of legisl- legislature. No one ever ever proposed a bill, and, th- and that bill was never signed into law. They basically just created a law and a penalty and a fine to go with it, and also a jail term to go with it through the governor acting like a king, through a stroke of a pen, a mandate, an emergency mandate. How is that possible? You know, my business got shut down. I mean, so many, so many people's businesses got shot down. So many pe- wealthy people got, went, I guess, so many wealthy people became poor. So again, was all of this done on purpose? Did they crash the economy on purpose? Did they release, maybe they, they didn't release the Wuhan, um, the Wuhan virus, the Chinese virus on purpose. But we do know for a fact that they did create it on purpose. And was this created and then accidentally, quote unquote, accidentally released to ruin the world and to ruin the, Donald Trump's economy so Donald Trump would be forced out of office in a way, right? That people would finally wake up and say, look, look, and um, we all, the Democrats would have a narrative, this narrative and say, look, <laughs> we told you that Donald Trump would basically be that bad of a president. And look, we are we were right. I'm sorry for getting tripped up with all my words here. But I'm just, you know, free thinking here. I'm trying to think of the best words here. Am I paranoid? Are you thinking what I'm thinking? Are we paranoid? Now, I again, <sighs> I want to challenge you here, though. I, I really want to challenge you here because I want to try to play devil's advocate here. Is Fauci that evil? And, and I know you'll say, yeah, he's that evil. I mean, I, I kind of think that he should be considered a serial killer because we can basically track how many deaths you know, can be contributed to his, his, his um, I guess, the, the theories that he pushed forward. forward you know, I mean, it's, it's just, I'm so confused here. You can see, you can hear the stress in my voice right now, can't you? I'm confused. I'm at, not even at a loss of words. The right words can't come out of my mouth. You know, is Fauci that evil of a person? I mean, if he is actually that evil of a person, that evil of an antagonist, this man here is maybe one of the most evil, I guess, characters to whatever exists in the entire world. Is he that type of, is he a con man? Now I'll tell you what, when I take a look at his personality profile, 
which is a type three achiever, that type of personality, they are con men. They do, <laughs> they are very charismatic. People love them. They can sell ice to an Eskimo. They're that great of sales. They're that great of a salesman. And was Dr. Fauci that great of a salesman? Well, from day one, I didn't trust him. I saw through his entire charade, but a lot of people didn't. And, and in fact, they still don't. But now that you see these emails that came out, you know, and I already talked about these emails from before, I mean, I have to really think, did he do all of this on, on purpose, right? And was he working with someone else to do all of this? Well, we know that for a fact he was working with different people to create this new bat coronavirus. But did he actually have an intention to, for China to mess up? I mean, here's the question that I have. Okay, so you're going to do this gain-of-function research, which you know for a fact that it's very, very dangerous. Why do you subcontract that out to a Wuhan lab, a Chinese lab that you know for a fact is not a great lab and not a very good secure lab at keeping very harmful viruses where they should be in a level four lab or even maybe even higher, level five. I heard that lab is only level two. And he knew that. Why would you do that? Why would you say, hey, you know what? Here's the money to modify the bat coronavirus. And by the way, you know, we know for a fact that this Wuhan laboratory, which doesn't have many people over there, um, they're not very good at, you know, securing their viruses. That seems kind of sketchy to me, right? Am I being too paranoid? Am I leading you down this road of paranoia? I think we just have to ask ourselves a question, is that even possible? And then we take a look at the actions of the past Democrats out there and look at, look how far they went. I mean, look at the lengths that they went to try to get Donald Trump out of office. Things were getting, their methods were getting more extreme. You know, impeachment wasn't working. And now all of a sudden, this coronavirus drops in their lap. Did it just drop in their, their lap? That's the question I have. Did this coronavirus just happened to time to be dropped. I mean, did this coronavirus drop in their lap at the perfect time? Or was this timing manufactured? That's what I'm asking you. All right? Are you paranoid? Am I paranoid? Am I even paranoid for even thinking that? I think it's very possible. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to keep an open mind to it. I'm not going to conclude anything right now. I'm just saying it seems possible. And I know a lot of us have already gone there and said, you know what? He did it. But that's a question that I have you. That, that is a plot hole in the story that Dr. Fauci tells us. To let you know, the Wuhan lab is a level two lab, a level two security lab, a level two virus lab. How secure is that? It's basically as secure as your dental office. So imagine that, your office your, where you get your teeth cleaned, that dental office is going to be working on a bat virus, a bat coronavirus that will, be, that will be modified to become highly infectious to humans. 
Why would you hire out that lab if viruses are your profession? That's what Dr. Fauci did. Doesn't make any sense to me. And then Dr. Fauci said, well, do you think the Chinese would release that virus, um, I guess, to their own people, to damage their own people? Would they actually do that? Would they kill their own people? Well, do you know what was happening at that same time when the coronavirus was actually being released? In Hong Kong, there were these massive, 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 not riots, but just protests out there because, you know, they were fully aware of what the Chinese, the Hong, people from Hong Kong were fully aware of what the Chinese Communist Party, their, what their ideology was and what kind of laws they were, they were bringing on into the, in, onto the citizens of Hong Kong. Why don't we just say that? And um, they knew what was about to unfold. And lo and behold, this coronavirus just <laughs> hits China at the perfect time. And all of a sudden, you know, China has a quote-unquote right to lock down the entire country. Right? (laughs) The timing, it seems a little too perfect. It seems way too perfect. Again, I asked the question, are you paranoid? Am I paranoid? Am I just screenwriting here? Am I writing a story? Because I am. All right, because you can tell as I trip over my words, you know, I'm rewriting my own sentences in my brain, my own thoughts in my brain right now as I talk to you. Because everything I say here is all wrong. It's all wrong. And I'm hoping you can decipher, you know, my little thoughts, my little thought bubbles as I just speak out loud. Well, I'm going to leave you. With that question, though, again, am I just, is this all what I'm, is everything what I had just talked about, is it all fiction or is it all true? Or is there parts of it that are true and parts of it that are just, you know, conspiracy, conspiratory? Why don't we just say that, right? Conspiratory. I just don't know. All right, people, I am out of here. Uh, I got to go to bed. It's 5.14 a.m. in the morning. Um I don't have a wedding today, thank God, but I have a wedding tomorrow. I think I may have two, like I said. But I do have a barbecue that I may go to later on. I think I am going to go to it at around 6 p.m. or so. So anyway, thanks for listening. If you like my podcast, please you know, subscribe to it. You can just Google BBQ T.O. Movies, Barbecue to Movies podcast, the, the word podcast, and it'll pop up there on Google. And just subscribe to me. I'll talk to you all later. All right, everyone, that's it for today. I had fun podcasting. If you like what you hear, please share my podcast. If you can't find me, look on your favorite podcast platform and look for BBQ2 Movies. That's BBQ TO Movies. Yeah, the TO is not the number two, by the way. It is TO, like Terrell Owens. So that's BBQ2 Movies. Catch you around.